all kinds of things are happening today and tonight. We had literally dozens and dozens of volunteers that were out here on the uh, lawn today, and there were hundreds of kids, hundreds of neighborhood kids that were out here. If you were here today, you saw it, and what a great way to reach out to folks. And obviously tonight for many are is trick-or-treating, and I hear that all the trick-or-treating will be done by 7.15 tonight, so you may miss it because that's when the first pitch is tonight for uh, the ball game. So there's lots and lots happening, but so glad that you're here with us to share for just a few minutes about God and His Word, and you see what we're talking about tonight, Finding God in the Movie Lines, but I forgot I had wanted to share this with you because it's really important. Um, before we get to the topic. And that was, I heard this joke today, apparently it's in one of the classes. What do you get if you divide the circumference of a pumpkin by its diameter? Pumpkin pie, pumpkin pie that's right. So there you go. That is, the, that is about as deep as I get in math. So there you go. So tonight we're talking about, may the force be with you. And you obviously know that's one of the most famous movie lines of all time. You know that it comes from Star Wars. If you have never seen a Star Wars, you probably know that it comes from there. I can remember, this will make some of you feel young and some of you feel old, but I still remember at the original Star Wars in 1977, I missed much of it in the bathroom pulling a tooth. So that tells you about what age I was. So Star Wars even went to China before it came to my hometown. We were so small, one little tiny theater. But I still that's what I remember most about Star Wars. But I want you to hear this, this episode of what happens. Luke says, this is in Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Luke says, Luke Skywalker, it's not impossible. I used to bullseye womp rats in my T-16 back home. They're not much bigger than two meters. And General Dodonna says, then man, then man your ships and may the force be with you. That's the first time it was ever used. It was used 14 times in the movies, but it became one of the most famous lines of all in all of Star Wars and all of movie, movie memorabilia and all. If you want to say something that people know, that's the one of the lines. May the force be with you. Well, we understand something that's a little bit different. Jesus promised a real force, the real force to the apostles. And you remember what he said not long before he died in John chapter 16 and verses 7 through 11. Jesus, the Son of God, said, But very truly I say to you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Now, this is the real force. It's interesting as I would look, what was the force in Star Wars? They would all, most folks said, well, it was luck and it was good luck. But the force that Jesus gave or is promising here is not luck. This is part of God. It's the Holy Spirit that he's talking about. The force is the advocate. In some other places, in some of your Bibles, it will talk about the counselor, that he's the helper. 
And then in that passage we just looked at in John 16, 7 through 11, there's a really interesting phrase there about what the purpose of the advocate or the purpose of the force is. It is to prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. That is, at least in this passage, the main purpose of the Spirit. To prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Well, that's really interesting when you think of it, isn't it? After, and I talked about this a week or so, last week, I guess, after our time in Boston and just being in a part of the world that's not, that's not very religious, it's not only not very Christian, it's just not very religious kind of as a whole, at least not publicly, it seems like there are a lot of people who aren't getting it. You know, if you live in Houston, it kind of seems like there are a lot of people that don't get it here as well. But it's magnified sometimes when we go to other parts of the world. Much of the world doesn't care about sin. Much of the world doesn't care what the spirit thinks about sin, what the force thinks. Much of the world isn't very interested. That's why if you knock on someone's door, or even if you talk to a good friend and say, hey, I'd like to tell you about my faith or tell you about how great Jesus is. And they say, we don't care. Well, it's because they're not there yet. Someday we pray they'll be open, but they're not there yet. And so when we think about what the purpose of the Spirit is, remember that a main part of the Spirit is to prove the world wrong about sin, to prove it wrong about judgment, to prove it wrong about righteousness, because Jesus is the opposite of everything the world seems to think. Now, one thing I hope you know, and you've heard me talk about many times, is that Christians have the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the beautiful things, Acts 2.38. You know that passage at the end of that famous sermon, whenever they don't wait for, for the invitation song, they just start asking questions, you know? And Acts 2.38, Peter replied, replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, what's really interesting about that passage, and I'm not going to go into this too much right now, but when I was growing up, we always talked about remission of sins or forgiveness of sins, and for some reason it seems like we never said the last part of the verse, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. As I grow... In, my, in age, and I hope in my faith, that becomes something really, really precious to me. Something I realize I really need. That I need the presence of God in my life. That it is not like I am just going to some kind of law book. You know, it's fun listening to, to Emma, our youngest daughter, who's studying law right now in her first year of law school and reading all those cases and all those books that she reads. She, she just had to, do a, had to read the, the, the Dred Scott case and then be quizzed over it. 200 pages one night and be quizzed over it the next day. That's a lot to do, right? Those are law books. And while the Bible certainly has law in it, there's also this personal side 
and you will receive a part of me. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit lives in us. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16, the Apostle Paul says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? Well, that makes me start thinking a little bit differently about who I am. If God is dwelling in me, it makes me think a little bit differently about what I put in my body, what I think about in my brain, and realize that the presence of God is there. I've said some of this before to you, but whenever I was younger, and we would sing that song at in Bible class, in our little class, I still remember it was kind of like a picnic table, and, and when everybody was there, we had three kids, but usually one kid didn't come, so we had two kids. It was, it was me, and then my girlfriend, Susie, she was she was four and I was five. And I always said, you know, someday we would get married because I knew how to cook. I could make cinnamon toast. And so I thought, you know, that would be everything. Fortunately, we went different directions. So I remember we would sing that song. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. The father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Hands, feet, everything. But boy, that love part I didn't get. I was just scared to death. Because I knew I was a bad kid. I really wasn't that bad, but I thought I was. Some of you remember that song about the all-seeing eye, right? That might have bothered you as well a little bit. But when you come to know God in a different way, and I'm not claiming I know God intensely because it's a much bigger subject than I could ever handle. You start realizing the relationship, the Abba part of God and realizing there's something very beautiful that he's with us and that that he cares for us and it becomes much deeper and the relationship is deeper and now all at once it's not I don't want to sin because I don't want to break the law it's that I don't want to sin because I don't want to break my father's heart and it completely changes the way you see your life in Christ. One of the things the Spirit does is he reminds us. Now, he's speaking specifically to the apostles here, but it also works for us in John 14, verse 26. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now, Whenever he says this, and what he's talking about here, obviously, and what we sometimes remember is that years later, they would write down the scriptures. They would remember the stories. Luke would, uh, Mary would remember her song whenever Luke goes and talks to her, and those things would happen, and the Spirit would be involved in all of that. But it's also still this thing of being reminded of the scripture and being reminded of Jesus' teachings that somehow... And I'm not here to explain it because I don't know that somehow the Spirit is involved in that. Somehow he's helping us to know his word and to understand. Now there's another thing that the Spirit does. The befuddled are helped. Now I put the word befuddled in here tonight because some of you, you're taking notes, filling out the notes from the morning, and I knew you would never get the word befuddled, okay? We are all befuddled sometimes. And so some 
good friends of mine and people I love and respect and cherish, they would say the Spirit, all he's doing is just the Scripture. That's it. But this passage seems to take it to another level. When you get to Romans chapter 8, and Romans 8 is, is a powerful chapter all the way through, but the Apostle Paul, explaining his theology to the church in Rome, says this, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That somehow the Spirit is doing something. Now, I wonder what it says here. We don't know what we ought to pray, and so somehow the Spirit is somehow working that out. So maybe if I'm praying tonight for the Astros to win, and maybe the Spirit's saying the Braves need to win. You know, maybe that's how it works. I don't think that's exactly it. And I'm not praying for the Astros to win, but I... I well, sometimes it just comes out, okay? So you understand this idea of when we are completely confused and we don't know what we ought to pray for and we don't know how we ought to pray and we're not sure and it's just kind of, we're lost. The Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. That's powerful. And you talk about personal it's the spirit, I guess, that happens all the time all over the world. The seven billion people are on the face of the world. That somehow that's happening all the time. Probably tonight there are those of you who are praying in the audience right now about yourself or about someone in your family or, or a friend who is in need of something. And you sometimes say, Lord, I don't know what I ought to pray. But wordless groans are going up. And sometimes we might get really interested if someone is not addressing their prayer exactly the way we think they ought to or ending it exactly the way we think they ought to. But the Spirit, through wordless groans, is taking care of that. It's wordless groans that are going before God, the Father. Wow, that's powerful. To think that I would have something like that, that God could help me in some way like that, is just overwhelming. Now here's another one. He guards us. He guards us. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 31, <clears throat> Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for, helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice now he let's deal with the let's deal with the seal part or, or deal with the guard and seal part and then we'll deal with the other part here in just a second so there's this idea that he seals us to make sure that we're protected that nothing can get in that that the devil's not going to get in the demons are not going to take you over you are sealed with the holy spirit if you are in christ that's not going to happen to you we don't have to worry about that because of what has happened here 
I remember as we got ready to move to Brazil way back there years ago to be missionaries, and, and we packed up our worldly belongings. We, we were allowed 2,000 pounds and so many square feet, and we put what we had in. Really, the only big thing we took was, was our bed, and that was about it. But we packed the 2,000 pounds worth of stuff, and at the very end, what they did was they put a wax seal on the lock to make sure that if it were broken, if the customs, customs put their insignia on it, that if it were broken, they would be able to tell that someone had broken in. We were sealed with the Holy Spirit. Whenever we came to Christ, when we believed in Christ, when we were baptized into Jesus, we were sealed with his Spirit. Now, I want to talk about another part here for just a moment. Verse 30, you see it says 30 there. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And often we talk about this passage, or at least I have, and I've been asked this question a thousand times. <coughs> Excuse me. And often we just kind of take it out, that verse. What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, look at the passage in context and, and see what it says. Do you see what the verses say just before? Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. What you need to be doing is building people up According to their needs, not to your needs, but according to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. So I want you to see this part first of all. So part of the Christian mission in context, the Christian mission here is to not let unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. And here he is not talking specifically about cussing, although you can probably throw that in there. He's talking about bad-mouthing people. Do you see that? But instead... Talk about what is helpful for building others up. And then all at once he throws this scripture in there and do not, or this verse, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the, for the day of redemption. And then he goes on again. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. So do you wonder what grieves the Spirit? You can see what grieves the Spirit here. It makes sense, doesn't it? Grieving the Spirit is rage and malice and bitterness when we talk about other people and tear them down rather than lift them up. That's it right there. And how many good, faithful Christian people would even go to church on Halloween night? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I could be stepping on toes, as old preachers used to say. Not, not aiming, if I, if I stepped on your toes, I'm sorry, I was aiming at your heart, right? You ever hear that before? Good folks who are there every time the doors are open could be these people who are tearing other people down with bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander and fighting and malice. That appears to be, at least, what grieves the Holy Spirit. God does not want his people fighting. God wants his people at peace. God does not want his people going after each other. God wants his people to get along, even when they may not completely agree. This appears to be, well, at least to me, what this passage is saying. And God guards us through the Spirit. He also helps us to look like the Father. Now, most kids at some point have memorized this passage, and I hope adults have too. 
at least kids who come to church and they go to VBS. I think in every congregation I've ever known of, it seems like every few years the VBS is the fruit of the Spirit. And I'll be just say, it doesn't say fruits, it says fruit, okay? All one thing, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Here it says forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, they've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So how do I keep in step with the Spirit, with this thing that lives in me? How do I keep in in step with that? By being a person of love and joy and peace and perseverance or forbearance, by being a person of kindness, by being a person of goodness, by being a person of faithfulness, by being a person of gentleness and self-control. That's what God looks like. If God didn't look like this, we would all have already been zapped. But this is who God is. And so, keep in step with the Spirit Look like God by showing the fruit of the Spirit. Now, if you haven't read this passage before, if it's been a while since you have, go back and read all of chapter 5 because you'll see what the opposite of looking like the Spirit looks like. This is what looks like God. So this is my question for us tonight. What am I doing with the force? With the Spirit? I think about what Jesus said to his apostles whenever he's standing before them for the last time. And you remember the great commission that he gave to them in Matthew 28, and we often quote it. And you remember that, you know, Jesus came to them and he says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Go into all the world, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I will be with you always. Until the end of the age, end of the world. The force will be with us always. The advocate, the spirit, the counselor, I will be with you always. As a Christian, this brings a whole lot of comfort. As a person on the outside, it should even bring a little bit of fear. Because I am up against this world without any help if I'm not in Christ. And I need Christ. This world is impossible without Jesus. It will eat us up. Some of you have heard me say this before back several years ago whenever I spent 10 days by myself in in Chicago. Now, I was connected. I talked to my wife every day, two or three times a day, and, and I was fine. But the thing that I realized living by myself in the city is while there are temptations everywhere of all types. And a person that doesn't have a connection to God, if they don't fall for this one, they're going to fall for that one. And so there's something very powerful about being in Christ, of putting our faith in Christ, of believing in him and being baptized into him. And having forgiveness of sins, but also receiving the gift 
of the Holy Spirit of God with us, Emmanuel, God with us, to help us when temptation is around. And to have that one who is groaning to the Father on our behalf. That's the kind of relationship I need, and it's the kind of relationship I want. And I pray you do too. Tonight, for whatever reason, if you want to be baptized into Christ, if you need prayers, we want to help you, you can write to elders at mcoc.org as well, and you will be prayed for. Come tonight.